My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Welcome back to the show, you guys. It's Britt here again. We have a very exciting guest coming on today. I can't wait to have him speak about his journey and let us know, let you guys know what he's up to right now and uh, within his podcast and his business. It's very exciting. So the guest I'm bringing on today, Tracy Brinkman, host of Top 50 Ranked Podca- Podcast, The Dark Horse Entrepreneur in five countries. He's also the owner and CEO of Dark Horse School schooling.com which is the online school and he's a success coach to help driven entrepreneurs and business owners um ready to start restart or kickstart the results so he this guy is so driven he's got a lot going on super exciting what he's doing and um you know i can't wait to get this conversation started with you tracy thanks for coming on how's it going Oh man, it is going wonderful. I am happy to be here. I know we have uh, we have struggled to get, to get this scheduling together, right? You're busy, we I'm have. busy, all kinds of things going on. Actually, I was on the road going, oh my God, I'm going to be five minutes late. <laughs> no worries at all. It, it all worked out, you know, during that time, uh, I had camera issues, still do you guys, you know, <laughs> Tracy can't even see me, which is, it's a, a little bit different than normal on this interview, but we're going to make it work because Tracy's great and uh yeah. So Tracy, tell us a bit about your background. You know, you have a you have oh a pretty powerful story. And if you're open to sharing some of that with our listeners, um, I think it would be great. Uh, and, and rain me, rain me in anytime you need to, because you know, I'm a podcast host, so I can talk. Anyway. <laughs> yes, um, you can. I think I think I've been an entrepreneur since day one. I can remember going all the way back to my elementary days. We had this machine when you walked into the school where you could you know, put like a nickel or a quarter in and get like three or four pencils. Sometimes it would distribute three, sometimes four. And quite yeah. often I would I would uh, drop that quarter in there, get those three or four pencils and put them in my book bag. And when any of my friends or people that weren't my friends said, hey, you got a pencil? I'm like, sure, give me a quarter. And I would trade them a quarter for a pencil. So right out of the gate. I like the way you think. I, I was. I was hustling right out of the gate. Uh, my dad <laughs> was a, um, a lifetime military man, uh, 23 years in the army, and he taught me the value of connections and relationships. And uh, I took that to heart. Uh, you know, early on when you're a kid, you're learning these things and they don't quite connect. But later on in life, as you look back, you're like, yeah, I get that now. Um, that makes you sense. Know, as, I, as I started going through high school, um, I got into cars like most American boys do. And uh, my dad had, <laughs> my dad had uh, retired and settled in Southern California. So, you know, having a car was even a bigger thing back then. And uh, so I, I, my, uh, my best friend was the motor guy. I learned to do the electronics. I really got into stereos and then I learned to paint them. So then I started hustling on installing stereos and painting cars in my teenage years, which in Southern California, that blew up during the 80s and the 90s, right? Um, right after that, I joined the service and uh, spent six years overseas and came back and started a little entrepreneurial venture where I was doing programming 
for small businesses. Uh, specifically, I landed in the niche of preferred provider organizations. Now, mind you, this is in the 90s. Uh, and if anyone has seen the movie right. Blow with Johnny Depp, yep, yep, this, yep. this is the time frame we're talking right now. And okay. I, bring up that, I bring up that specific movie because as I landed a, a pretty big client, um, I was out celebrating with some friends and like, hey, you know, so I'm kind of a guy. I landed this great client. I'm going to be making the money. You know, I'm like, I'm feeling on top of the world and, you know, things were going well. Um, however, at that same um, joyous adventure, <laughs> started with the joyous adventure of celebrating, I was introduced to uh, methamphetamines, to speed. And yeah, uh, it yeah. started off as a, as a way to get this big project done faster, you know, beat schedules and be ahead of the curve and get a bonus yeah. payment, all that kind of thing. But it turned into a habit, unfortunately. And uh, in, my roller, in my roller coaster of life, I've had three big dips. That was the first one, getting hooked on drugs. And yeah. it got to the point where the police literally kicked open the door to my home, right? Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I had gotten to the point where it went from habit. Uh, I lost, you know, the the clients I was doing because I wasn't paying them attention anymore. Uh, the drugs became my life. I began to mm -hmm. sell to support my habit, then sell to to support my life. And uh, unfortunately, I was too good at it. Right. Right. And I don't right. say that to, as as a good thing. I'm saying that as the, it was unfortunate. Um, because I was able to get people to do the bad things for me and I would earn the cash. And uh, that's how I afforded my condo that the police kicked the door in. Okay. We yeah. Can go, we can go there if you want to. <laughs> but I think <laughs> As this I think is all up to you, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, uh, the big lesson I got out of that was I was going through what I'll call at this point in time, a selfish journey. Right. It was all about me, 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 party, 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 have fun, do whatever you want. Selfishness, you know? Yeah. Okay. And uh, after the police, and luckily I was not home when they kicked open the door to my condo. And I, I was out on this uh, four day party binge. I left on Thursday evening and didn't get back till Sunday morning. And okay. that's when I got home and I, I saw, you know, you know, a police sticker on the door and I opened it up and it was just like you see in the movies that furniture's tossed all everywhere. Clothes are strewn about, um, right. fruity pebbles and instant potatoes dumped out on the kitchen counters as they were yeah, looking yeah. for what they were searching. Yeah. It, yeah. They were searching. And then luckily I was too good. They didn't find anything now. Yeah. As I was starting to straighten up a couple of, uh, detectives knocked on the door. And uh, yeah, I answered the door. Hey, they introduced themselves and they said, you know, are you Tracy Bruni? Like, yes, I am. Can we see some ID? Now, I had my ID in my briefcase. Let me backtrack okay. for a quick second. At the beginning of this four-day adventure, party adventure, the first <laughs> thing I did was go to the firing range with my most of my best friend, or with the best friend of mine at the time. And, uh, you know, went down, fired his guns. I didn't own any at the time. And as we were leaving, I wanted to go back to the firing range so I asked if I could borrow his weapons. And he had two very nice weapons, right? Uh, it was like a 357 and a, a nice 45. Sure, no problem. Okay. They're in his briefcase. Now, <gasps> let's go back. Uh -oh. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, you, you made the connection, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, can I see your ID? Sure, hold on. It's right over here. In my wallet's in my briefcase. Click, click. I open the lid. Totally not thinking about it. I'm worried about these policemen that, are, that have just, I know, been part of the ransacking of my place. 
you know, right. one was behind me. He saw the weapons in the in the briefcase, yelled, gun, leapt over the couch, tackled me, and I was handcuffed. Now, mind you, I don't blame them. They were doing their job. If I'd right. been in their shoes and someone was reaching for a, what they thought was reaching for a gun, I'd done the same thing. God love Exactly. Them. Yeah. Um, so I get taken to the police station and, uh, you know, they, uh, they questioned me for quite some time. The challenge was to me, they knew all the right questions to ask. They knew all the right names, all the right places. I'm like shaking in my boots. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I go there. I go there and I shoot pool, which was true. I don't know mm-hmm. that person's name or that person's name. I, I may have met them in the bar, but I, I you know, they're this plane completely right. stupid. Um, they finally let me go. As I'm walking home, my dad's voice is ringing in my head. My dad was always family first, family first. And I, and I had mentioned this on, to, to this point on purpose, had a four month old daughter when all this happened. Okay. Okay. And here it is echoing in my head, family first, family first. And I have this four month old daughter who was luckily at the babysitter because I knew I was going to be partying it up for a few days. Right, um, right. I finally get home. And I pick up the phone and I call mom and dad and I says, I need to come over and have a talk. I need some help. And right. that was probably the toughest phone call I've ever made in my life. And you, you, you have to, um, you have to reach out when you need help, period. You need and support. I, I mean that mm-hmm. at, at all levels, right? Whether, you know, like you said, I'm a business coach now, right? So when someone needs help, they reach out. There are business people out there that are too proud to reach out because they built this. I've done it all myself. I'll continue to do it myself. Meanwhile, yeah. you know, they're flushing money down the drain. Okay. Right. When you need help, reach out, whether it's, you know, drug addiction or business needs, reach out, relationship, whatever. Yeah. Um, whatever it so, is. Whatever it is. And I was lucky enough to have two amazing parents and a brother from another mother. Um, I call him my brother to this day that were there for me. And uh, for me, the saving grace was they lived far enough away that I could completely disconnect from everyone I had just been doing, quote unquote, business with, right? Um, Which was important because I knew if I had kept any of the same friends, I probably would have got sucked back in. Absolutely. And, but what I found what was happening, sure, you know, I got myself clean. I could, I did it cold turkey. I didn't even go to rehab or anything. I just, we got back to, and I say, we, my daughter and I got to mom and dad's house and she took what was used to be my bedroom just a few years before. And I set up shop you know, with a bed in the garage. It's Southern California. No big deal. Who needs air conditioning? Um, (laughs) um, So, you know, I pretty much laid on that bed for about seven days straight, getting up just to do bio things. And mom would make a sandwich and force me to eat it. And I would go back in, lay down and pass out. But once I, you know, my body got out of that poison, um, I could have walked right back out and just started doing my computer programming again. However, I had taken this mental, I call it kick to the head and pride. What if I went to interview some small business and they're saying, didn't I just see you doing lines on the bar counter not too long ago? You know what I'm saying? I was really, I was internalizing that. So I started doing odd jobs and, and Kelly temporary jobs working in, you know, accounting for businesses and, you know, at Montgomery Wards in the warehouse. I did that for months until I felt enough, you know, confidence that, okay, I'm going to step back out into the workforce. And uh, 
rather than going back into the entrepreneurial journey, I actually thought, okay, I have a daughter and, you know, entrepreneurship can have those ups and downs. And Absolutely. I didn't want to be on one of those downs. And I really, I was still afraid, right? I was still okay. afraid of what I just went through. Um, so I stepped into the corporate world, landed a really decent job at uh, Coca-Cola, which started a 12-year career with them. And that, that took me from Southern California into Atlanta. After Coke, it became Home Depot. I worked there for a few years, moved up north, worked for a company called Front Gates and doing, you know, marketing and planning and inventory management and working with catalogs and the marketing folks. And then, of course, websites became the boom. And, uh, you know, from there went on to David's Bridal and, you know, um, Victoria's Secret and Licenza. And so I just I kind of went all over the place. And what was cool is I got to learn from a bunch of different industries and a bunch of different ways of doing it at different levels. Sure, they were all pretty big companies, but, you know, a lot of these companies did things completely 180 from one another. And uh, so I, I really rely on that. To this day, the fact that I can look back at a, a Coca-Cola business and say, well, we used to do things like this. I wonder if it would work in this world, right? So when I right. left Coca-Cola and went to Home Depot, okay, it's not soft drinks. We're talking DFI, DFY kind of thing, right? Do it yourself, home fixer-upper. Well, there were some things I was able to bring over and then some new things I learned. And then I go from there to a catalog company that's selling high-end furniture to the rich and famous um, then, okay, well, not all of that can transfer direct, but I can bring in some things that they hadn't even thought of yet because I came from a different industry. And then now you take that and then you go over into the bridal industry. We're talking day and night here, but there's still things you can, you know, bring with you and integrate. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Makes lots of sense. Okay. So, ah. Uh, all that now. While I was uh, while I was working at Coca Cola, um, I had the birth of uh, my second daughter, and okay. this is this is the uh, roller coaster dip number two. Okay. And she was she was born with uh, a distended abdomen, which probably the best way to describe it is you've seen that classic uh, guy with a beer belly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She came out of the um, she was birthed and she had that beer belly right out of the gate. And wow, what had happened okay. is one of uh, one of her blood vessels didn't fully develop, which shortened her intestines and actually caused a blockage. So as she was processing food through the mom, it wasn't going out and being expelled. It was actually building up in her tummy. So her oh tummy my gosh. really, yeah, really swole out. She went through six major operations in her first three months of life uh, just to I'm get so, her. So sorry. Yeah. I, and um but by that six months, they determined that she needed a, a small liver and uh, a, a small bowel and liver transplant. And so they go through everything, get her stable, get her on the waiting list. And then you're just kind of waiting, right? You just, ah. And the sad thing is you're waiting for something really ugly to happen, to have something right. really blessful happen to you, which is really kind of, oh, well, there's the yeah. scales of justice. You don't even want to try and weigh out right there. Um, we did get the call, you know, our little beeper went off one time. They told us when she got on the list, I'm going to give you this beeper, always have a bag at the ready because this beeper goes off. What you want to do is you want to get yourself to the children's hospital in Atlanta at this time as fast as possible. And that beeper went off one time and I broke land speed records. 
Right. <laughs> I see right. Absolutely. Getting her down to the hospital. And well, fortunately at the time I had an IROC Z, so it was really easy to do. <laughs> but, right. Um, you know, we're sitting there waiting. The doctors come out, come out later on. They're saying, fortunately, the, uh, the donor whose uh, liver and small bowel she was going to get were too, uh, in too bad of a condition. It was a small boy who was the victim of a child abuse, physical child abuse oh. by one or more of the parents. And you're just, your heart breaks for so many reasons, right? For the child who passed away in the first place, right? And the way they would have gone and the fact that your daughter is still waiting. Um, they decided that her best bet would be um, up in Pittsburgh, where the Children's Hospital specializes in this particular operation. So mom and the baby, baby go up to Pittsburgh. Um, I and my oldest daughter stay in Atlanta. So there's, there, okay. you know, that, that, will, that will wear on anybody's relationship. Absolutely. It did did help me form a very special relationship with my oldest daughter that survives to this day. Um, And to to make a long story short, Krista um, didn't survive. And what was really, really sad about it is, uh, and any parent hearing this will, will understand, there's sometimes you could just look in your child's eyes and know something Mm -hmm. is wrong. They might not say anything. They might not be crying. Just you look at them and say, oh my God, there's something wrong. And one time I, I was going up to visit Krista in the hospital and I walked into her room and I could always make her laugh. She was very lively for everything she was going through as a child. But I walked in, there's, it was just something, I don't know, in the room, some energy, I don't know what you want to call it. And it was okay. like something wrong. And I tried everything I could to get her to laugh and it just, she wasn't having it. So I, I pulled the doctor aside when they was coming by and doing rounds and yeah, literally almost grabbed him by the scruff and said, I have to ask you a very serious question. If the organs were available right this minute, do you think she would survive the operation? I've got a lot of him and hawing and, and doctors speak. And this is no joke. I opened the door, grabbed him by, the, by his white coat, pulled him across uh-huh. the hall into a janitor's closet, closed the door. and said, look, it's just you and me. There's nobody else yeah. around. Right, mano right. a mano, no administrators. Talk to me. And I re-asked the question and uh, finally told me, he said, I don't think so. Okay. Not the answer I wanted, but now I know. So that begs the next question. Do you think her health would improve to the point where she could survive the operation? And, you know, a couple of moments go by, you know, dancing, little verbal dancing. And finally he said, no, I, I honestly don't think so. At this point, she was on a respirator that was helping her breathe, right? You know, everything else was kind of stable. But if they pulled the respirator out, she would end up passing away. And that left us with the tough question of, do we keep her here knowing this new information that, A, she wouldn't survive the operation right now, and B, the prognosis of her getting healthy enough to survive the operation is slim to none. Um, And I instantly flashed back to what I was just just telling you of being selfish and doing everything I wanted to do for me, because as a parent, yeah, you want to do everything you can for your kids. But was I doing it for me or was I doing it for her? And if I was keeping her around just so I could feel the love, then it was selfish. But if I was keeping her around because I believed there was an opportunity for her to live a full and healthy life, then I would have, you see what I'm saying? 
those two differences. It, it's got to be the hardest, hardest decision yeah. to make. And I wouldn't, you know what? I've had some people I really disliked a lot and I wouldn't wish that upon them, right? Oh, I have not absolutely known anybody not. that I hated enough to I wish that upon them. So um, we made the tough choice and uh, disconnected her from the machines. And uh, no joke, I wrapped her up in her uh, her favorite baby blanket that grandma had made. And there was a rocking chair that had always been in her room, and I had rocked her to sleep one last time. My God. Oh, sorry. Honestly, <laughs> sorry. No, this is um, her. I'm so, I'm so sorry that you had to make that hard decision. Although, you know, I think it was the right one. You know, you didn't want her suffering. And that decision right. alone would have been the hardest uh, a parent could ever make. It, and, you know, it's uh, this, it is. But it wasn't at the same time, you know, right. but I, yeah, like I said, I, it, yeah, 100% tough, heart-wrenching decision. But knowing what I knew and going through what I had been through, it was, like you said, it was the right decision to make. And I, I was to end the suffering that, for her. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I was able to um, literally hold her, like I was saying, and and thank her for everything she had taught me. She taught me so many things. She was only here with us for 18 months, but yeah. she taught me so many amazing things about looking at life differently. Uh, one of the cool things she did is what we called the ET finger. Whenever something <gasps> new was, inter was introduced to her, whether it was a toy, a food, anything, if she hadn't seen it before, she would reach out with that single finger like ET from the movie, right? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and she would touch it. And once she touched it and it was like, okay, it's safe. It was like any other baby. Oh, it was in the mouth. It was all over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anything like that. So, okay. and she was, I always knew you could tell she was in pain much of her time, but she was always warm with a smile and, and greeting people and, you know, giggling. You just, oh my gosh, she's going through all this crap in her life and can still smile. Anything you put me through the rest of my life, I'm going to go, okay, remember Krista, just you remember Krista, right? So Absolutely. there was those kind of things. So I was able to tell her, thank you for all these lessons and tell her I was going to honor those lessons going forward, right? So it was my, how many times have you've heard the horrible stories of someone saying, you know, the last time I spoke to my loved one, I told them I hated them, right? Mm -hmm. You know, in, in a moment of anger, I was lucky enough to be able to say that goodbye that moment. So anyway, I, I, that's a, it was a blessing and a curse. Um, but here's where things pivoted. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. I was, a, I was afraid I was going to fall back into that trap that I had just been in a few years prior, right? Or, you know, just yeah. doing all the crazy drugs and, and being getting selfish. As, as many people it, would have after that right? experience. Alcohol, right? yeah. so many people, you know, they, they go through something traumatic and they fall back on some sort of numbing. And uh, I decided I wasn't because I had experienced it. I didn't want to do that. Still had my other daughter, right? Um, and so I threw myself of all things into personal development and oh God, this time as many as so many people would know the zig ziglers and the anthony robbins and the jim rones of the world were coming up and they were touring the country in these traveling three-day events that would fill up stadiums i was at every single one of them when they came to atlanta every single one because I was not going to go backwards I was going to figure out a way to go forwards and these guys knew how to do it 
the cool thing is, here's where it makes a difference. When you go to those, yeah, you walk out of there and you're pumped and you're ready to go. But if you don't take the action afterwards, wah, 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 right? You just kind of fall back into your habits. Because I had just gone through something so traumatic. I was so dedicated. I'm going to make this work. I started taking the action day after day after day, even if they were just little bitty steps. You, those little bitty steps stacked on 365 days. Next thing you know, you're five miles ahead of yourself. And right. people were coming up to me. I, I, I experienced five promotions in Coca-Cola in three years as a result of doing this. Wow. Just instituting the simple little steps these guys teach at their events Daily. or teach on their books. Every, just that, that little, you know, that penny a day doubled, which would you rather have? Right, right. Anyway, um, so I had people coming up to me when they saw this happening and they're like, how are you doing this? And I told them, you know, I just, it's this, you set your goals, you know, you, you, you figure out a way around things. You stop, you stop going wah, wah, wah all the time. You know, I'm, I'm condensing it down, obviously. And they're saying, yeah, can you yeah. teach me? And that's, that's what got me into coaching. They're like, can you teach me? Well, sure. I, I can teach you. It's not hard. And to me, it wasn't hard because it was to me, I was just like listening uh, trying. Yep. That worked. I'm gonna keep doing it. Oh, that didn't and work. Applying, yeah. Yeah. Trying and applying and just rinse and repeat. Um, I was lucky enough when I was a kid that I read the Tao of Jikundo book that has impacted my life or 100%. It was written by Bruce Lee when he was uh, w- wounded pretty significantly and he was, uh, had a spinal issue and he sat down while he was combined to the bed, he wrote, and wrote and wrote. And it wasn't just about martial arts. It was a lot of psychology was in there. And there's a quote that he says, absorb what is useful and discard the rest. That quote just by itself is pretty powerful. Think about it. The next line in the quote goes, and add what is uniquely you. So that's what I was doing with these guys. I go see Jim, you know, Jim Rohn and all the guys I mentioned. And I'd sit there for three days just absorbing all this stuff, writing notes like crazy, reading the books. And I would absorb what I thought was useful right then and there, right? And then I would discard everything else. Forget trying to do everything. You can't do it. It just won't happen. And then I would add what was uniquely me. Well, he says, try this. I think I will try that, but I'm going to try it like this because uniquely. It's, it's uniquely me. And it just it became this rinse and repeat. And here's one of the cool things about, about those guys and anyone who's into personal development. If you've had a book that has impacted you, say, five years ago, heck, just last year, here's what I would challenge you to do and your listeners too. Go back and reread that book today. Go back and re-listen to that video or that podcast that impacted you back then. Re-listen to it today because here's what's going to happen. You're going to get some new gem out of it. Why? Because you weren't ready for that gem back then. You were so focused on the gem that you originally extracted. Now you're further along in your journey or worst case scenario, you have slipped further back. You're going to hear something different because you're ready for it now. It's useful for you today so absorb that and discard the rest and then add something that's uniquely you i love that i i I will babble the whole hour i'm telling you (laughs) (laughs) i want to see tracy you know thank you for being so open and uh, vulnerable with my listeners and myself your story it's so powerful and 
I wish I could have taken changed it, you know, for what you've gone through and with your child, your daughter at 18 months and everything, that's absolutely heartbreaking. And, you know, for where you're at today is absolutely amazing. Like, like we discussed a bit earlier, so many people would have chose a darker path, you know, to just yeah. cope and get through it. But the fact that you are where you are today and all the lessons you've learned and, and implemented and uh, the changes um, because of your daughter. And I, I just think it's so powerful. And I'm, I'm grateful for you sharing that, um, even though that's a very, very tough one. Yeah, 100% my pleasure. Absolutely. Because I, I I feel that if I can help anyone avoid one ounce of pain, it's so worth it. And right. you know what? It's my life, you know, and if someone's going to be, here's my opinion, if someone's going to be out there and judge my life through their um, version of what they think I should be, that's fine. Let them do it. That's what they're going through. And they have every right to it. In the meantime, yeah. I'm going to keep living my life. It's all good. <laughs> Absolutely. In, in, in the big in the big scheme of things, for me, all the pains that I've gone through to this moment have made me who I am. And at this moment, I, I'm pretty good with who I am. I'm still, you know, trying to make myself a little bit better. But in the big picture, I'm very happy with who I am. Oh, I'm very happy with who you are as well. I think you're doing amazing. <laughs> thank you. So thank you for sharing your your story because, you know, when people are able to be vulnerable and open up and really share their struggles and challenges, that's real. That's real life. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people look at these successful people and think, oh, well, they're so lucky, you know, people, right. they don't see what's gone in between, right? The hard work, mm -hmm. the discipline, the, the the ups and the downs. So yeah. for you to share that, thank you. And that is so valuable. So I appreciate you. My now, pleasure. Trace, absolutely. Tracy, my, my next question for you, kind of coming off your story about where you're at um, right now and how you got there. Mm -hmm. I want to know what your, what your focus on your business is now at this moment. Well, I've, I've kind of narrowed my focus. So, you know, when I uh, was lucky enough to meet Jamie, uh, who brought me into the the podcasting world 2.0, um, I actually <laughs> had a podcast. I'd actually had a podcast prior. I started podcasting when it wasn't cool in 2007. And, oh, wow. Uh, okay. I, I, built I did up read that. I think I did read that on your application. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I built up a decent little following and it, of uh, surprisingly enough, it was focused on personal development. <gasps> Shock. I know. Love it. But, uh, and the model I had back then was I did like these short little 15 minute podcasts, five days a week. The, the Monday podcast would be free. And if you wanted Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, that I teased on the Monday show, you had to go to the website and pay that it was like $9.99 a month, right? Wasn't a whole lot, but you, you get a couple of hundred people doing that. Next thing you know, you're like, oh, okay, that's works for you. Um, but I went through my third dip in life, which was a pretty radical divorce. And I didn't feel good getting on the microphone and saying, here's how you can do all the great things to make your life wonderful. Meanwhile, my life is falling apart with a divorce and bankruptcy, right? I felt kind okay. of fake, inauthentic. So I hung up my headphones and my microphone. Mm, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I had done like I'm doing right now and just opened up and said, you know, class, here's what's going on in my world. And it's not all good. It's not all roses. You know what I'm saying? And just yeah. prove that. Anyway, but, get, but to get back to answer your, answer your question, that has brought me to where I am today, where I started, to, you know, the Dark Horse Entrepreneur podcast you mentioned briefly earlier. 
And it was, it started a bit broad, but it's, it's narrowed its focus down to where I'm really kind of focused on coaches and online course creators, helping them with their marketing, creating their, uh, their online courses, right? So they can, so many of them have great content, but they don't know how to organize it together and what tools to use or what tools are even out there and, or how right. to use them, right? So you kind of get them channeled and okay, well, now I've got the, I've got the, 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 the course made and it's sitting out there ready to sell. Now, what do I do? Well, then that's when, you know, you heard me, I was marketing Coca-Cola marketing, hotel, you know, Home Depot marketing, David's all these different ways of marketing to different types of people. I, I can tap into some of that past experience to say, well, I think you will need to try X, Y, and Z. Um, and so that's where I've kind of narrowed my niche down. And as a result of that, and so many people will say, well, I want to talk about to everybody and you've heard it. I've heard it. It doesn't work that way. If you're talking to everybody, nobody hears you, right? But if you're yeah. talking to that, that coach, I'm talking to that coach right now that wants to start his online business with a course or who wants to restart his business with a course so that he can focus more on his key clients. Well, now someone goes, well, wait a minute, that's me. I want a course. I want to focus Got on it. clients. Now their ears perk up and they start listening. Right. And they get the little tips and the little nuggets uh, from the, from me, either personally or via the podcast or from the website. And then they raise their hand and say, I, I want to work with you some more. And so then we start working together. So it's, it's, it's like this chain. Um, I, I was afraid when, like I said, when I first started, I was very broad. I, I said, well, I'm, I'm focusing on entrepreneurs. I'm really kind of focused on the dark horse entrepreneur, which is the underdog. The one yeah. that people do not even think has a chance of winning, but they know in their heart of hearts that if they could just get to the starting gate, they would finish the race. They might not win first place, but damn it, they're going to give it their best go, right? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's where that has gotten me down today to focusing on the, that narrow band of folks in the, in their area of helping them get their online courses. And more recently, you know, I've had folks going, okay, well, you, you have this great podcast. Well, I say humbly, they say it to me, you have a, a, a podcast I enjoy listening to. How do I yeah. do that? And I've had a couple of people come to me and say, recently, I just had one refer another person over to me. Hey, I'm getting ready to start a podcast. I was told you were the person to talk to. I said, well, I'm a person you can talk to. And then <laughs> uh, and then on top of that, I've had some folks come and say, you know, uh, I need to build up my YouTube channel. And there are, you know, there are tips and ways and techniques to do that, which I'm lucky enough to know a handful of them that I can help them with those. And it's all in that little marketing arena. So I teach them to podcast. They teach them to do YouTube the right way so that as they as they put that free content out, it pushes people to their paid content. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So you really narrowed down your niche and you got crystal clear on who it is you're looking to uh, attract or target. And, you know, yeah. and that's what's building your business right now. Right. And that has solved so many problems for me because so many times we hear the people, and you've probably heard this in the podcasting arena. Oh my God, what am I going to talk about? I, I can't come up with 27 episodes of each one being different. It, you, Yes, you can. If you narrow your niche down and you know exactly who you're talking to, you know what their pain points are. And you can speak exactly. to that pain point from a couple of different angles. 
I need to know how to market. Well, market means so many things. Oh, you got to have the right price point. You got to have the right offer. You got to have you got to have the right messaging, right? So there's three episodes right there, you know. And exactly. I can talk about price point in and of itself a couple of different ways. I just did an episode not too long ago going, here's the number one price strategy that's going to double your sales. What? What? Wait a minute. Everyone's ears just perked up. What was that episode? Because if I could tell you this single price strategy and you go implement it and you get that increase in sales, you're like, oh my God, Tracy's a God. I need to tell everybody about him. And then, then comes in the referrals and everything like that. It's, it's, a, it's a snowball effect. Exactly. Oh, I like what you're doing. It sounds a lot like what we're doing as well. And I mean, it sounds exactly like what we're doing. And Tracy, you know, I, I just want to make sure we touched on talking about your podcast. Didn't you just hit... What happened today with your podcast? It was really exciting. Oh my news. God. I don't know. If, yeah, I, I can't like, remember if we told our listeners yet. Yeah. Uh, well, you mentioned earlier that, you know, I'm top five in, you know, five countries and it's been like that for quite some time. Last month we were, we were able to hit, uh, we're at it. I haven't updated all my uh, social medias yet, but last month we hit in the top 10 in another country, which was uh, Macedonia. So out there in Greece. And then this morning we cracked the top 10. We hit number nine in Omar for marketing. So I think exciting. it was also 46 in, in business, which I was like, you, you know, you go check your stats, like, oh, let's see how, see how things are doing today. What? You're so excited. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm super sure. stoked. And, and but you I'm know, it's, stoked a, for it's a vanity you. metric that I appreciate. Um, and it gives me opportunity to, you know, share with folks, hey, I'm, you know, I'm a top 10 podcaster. But it really, it, for me, I think the grounding part of it is there's enough people listening out there that I'm having an impact. And that's really what it's all about. Absolutely. And you're adding a lot of value. So Tracy, I know we're getting close to the end of the episode. What are, you know, I know that we have some obviously in throughout your journey to ups and downs very, very much so. And, you know, with people listening, being business owners who have podcasts as well, you know, Mm -hmm. to get to that next level, there's always going to be that next level set of challenges. Now, what is your challenge? Are you having any challenges at the moment that you're you're trying to overcome? Um, I think my biggest challenge, and this has probably been a challenge I faced since since I got started with the personal development, is uh, staying narrowly focused. Uh, oh, squirrel! Right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's so <laughs> many, amazing, yeah, so many yeah, things so going many on. Amazing tools and opportunities present themselves that they can literally pull you away from the greatness you're just about to crack into. Um, So that's probably the biggest challenge I face is, all right, I want to get this done. And as I'm traveling down that road, oh, oh, what's going on over there? Um, So I have to- I get it. But I'm lucky enough, I I came across the book not too long ago uh, called The Bullet Journal. And I'm a mad journaler for my personal development days. So yeah. what has helped me with this shiny object syndrome, and I'll leave this for your 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 listeners as well, is taking that great idea and going, oh, let me write it down, write it down in my journal, you know, in an yeah, ideas right. page. Just this little, a whole bunch of just keeps building this list. And here's what will happen. A, the shiny object syndrome will you know, it will dissipate a little bit. It'll go down. You'll just have to a little bit of self-control, um, but not as much. Uh, but what'll happen is in, in a couple of days, 
if that shiny object syndrome is really going to have the significant impact in your business you think it is, when you go back and review, and I review mine like once a week, I kind of review the ideas, it will be screaming at you like a big flashing, oh, you got to do this, you got to do this, because your brain's going to say, if you do that with what you're currently doing, it's going to make that project happen and finish faster, better, stronger, more revenue, more whatever it is, right? And now you can figure out how to integrate it with what you're currently uh, set your path upon rather than being pulled away. Does that make sense? Absolutely. makes sense, my friend. Yes. Um, I, and I like what you're doing. And I, you know, I think journaling is very important and I, I'm happy you're doing it because it really, it, you know, you get your thoughts out, you get your thoughts out and you can always go back to it, which is great. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, one last question before we jump off here, I, and I, sure. I don't mean to rush, but I know that my timer for the, the, the recording will end after an okay. hour and I don't, I just don't want to cut off. Right. Um, sure. but you know, so with your podcast, how does it tie into your business with the, like, do you interview people or do you, um, just do solo episodes? Tell me a bit about that. I do both. Uh, I, I do oh, both. I, and I, I focused, I focused on, um, uh, interview episodes pretty heavily up till about two months ago when I, when I did the narrowing of the focus and I thought, okay, here's what I want to do is I want to dump value on my listeners right now. Uh, I want to be the, I'm not, not the guy on the high horse, but I want to be the guy just dropping the value bombs, dropping the value bombs yeah, yeah. as I'm queuing up my next round uh, of uh, interviews that I want to bring on. And uh, because I've narrowed the focus down into that tighter arena, um, they need to make more sense. I was a little loose previously on who I would bring on. And, you know, I brought on some folks. It was like, uh, yeah, why didn't you interview? Great interview. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate hearing the story and the things they've done. Not quite sure how, it, you know, it impacts me and my business kind in of business, thing, right? Yeah. So I dropped the ball there. So I now I'm trying to rein that back in and uh, bring on those folks that add value to my listeners uh, and to me, right? So I can Absolutely. learn at the same time. Yeah. And I think that's something a lot of us struggle with too, is like, really, I, I know a lot of people listening um, and other guests that have come on and mentioned the same thing. It's just, you know, making sure you have those really quality leads that you're looking for, mm -hmm. that you're crystal clear. Those are the people you're bringing on the show. And um, mm -hmm. so that's very relatable, very relatable. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for coming on once again. It was an absolute pleasure everything that you're doing is absolutely fantastic. Love how you're working with, you know, uh, other, other people that are needing help in certain areas, other business owners, and you're rocking this. And, you know, if anyone's looking to connect with you with their needs and think that they might be a fit, what would be the best way to go about connecting with you? Or maybe they just want to, you know, tune into your podcast. What do you sure. want to just go over that one last time before the end of this call? Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll make it really simple for you. We'll just give you the website and where everything is at. So you can go to darkhorseschooling.com and, uh, you know, the, the podcast there, you can listen to it right away. Uh, I do some of the episodes as solo blog posts. And then across the top are all the socials. So if you want to reach out on a more personal level, you know, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, they're all there. Feel free to connect. Uh, you'll probably find me most active on, on Facebook and LinkedIn uh, currently. 
Beautiful. Well, Tracy, this has been amazing. I'm so happy you're able to share everything that you did, uh, even it being very difficult, I'm sure, like about some of your journey. And uh, that's, you know, that's going to add the most value to my show. So, um, you know, really, you know, owning I'm human and I have gone through this, you know, I didn't just get where I am today overnight. And, you know, that's most relatable. You don't fall into success, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Tracy, thank you so much again. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure or higher entrepreneur and want to come on the show, just like our wonderful Tracy did today, please go to uh, top100interviews.com, fill out our application. We'd love to have you on as well. Ciao for now. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.